the Daniel Ruiz Tyson podcast. Hey, how you doing? This is the Daniel Ruiz Tyson podcast with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson. Show 51, 8th of March 2012, coming to you from SW8. Good hair isn't enough. It never was. I know that now. And like Conan Doyle looking to kill my creation off now as uh, soon as uh, possible. Load of hassle this morning. Logos now disappeared on iTunes. They've uh, told me I've got to report this uh, officially, uh, given me a link to some page. That page on the uh, pull-down menu doesn't actually give you an option for reporting an issue with the logo. It's uh, iTunes. Anyone considering starting a podcast, iTunes are an absolute nightmare to deal with. They have been from uh, from, from day one. Not much going on this week, really. Not much of a show, if I'm honest. Not much of a show. Um... It's it's ending at the right time, really. Uh, a week ago, got a text telling me I needed to be somewhere on the Saturday morning. I can't really go uh, into details here. I have alluded to it on uh, on Twitter, um, and yeah, just I know what I need to do to to to, to pull through this. I, I always have, but uh, one thing I, I certainly know. Now is uh, no more vanity projects after this. Everything I do has to it has to pay. It has to pay. You work hard on something, you need to be paid for it. So I was at this particular place on Saturday on the 21st. I get the uh, full details, and uh, rather than the uh, two-month involvement, I was thinking that this particular thing would involve it's actually two years. So uh, not the best way to. Uh, see in my 40s but it doesn't change anything about what i need to do the fact is if i get what i need to do done this new development isn't gonna matter but i'm certainly gonna have less free time than i have now so uh, my focus on things has been hardening this week i mean my mood's been dropping uh, i definitely want to get out of this flat uh, the upstairs neighbor is, is a nightmare and i'm probably going to have to go up there again and have words. I think it's just, regardless of my uh, long-standing fear of uh, leaking ceilings, of which this place is another one, to have people living above you. I, I've grown up in a flat all my life, so I know that I'm very quiet. And to be fair, this building, it used to be a factory, it used to be an ironworks factory. Um, Long-standing listeners will know that uh, I live across the road from where Mickey grew up, and uh, he told me this used to be an ironworks factory. It's a very noisy building. It's not the first former factory building that I've lived in. I lived in a lovely uh, old Burberry factory in uh, Norfolk uh, about three years ago. Lovely flat, but very noisy. They're not really designed to be flats. You can hear every <coughs> excuse me. You can hear everything, and also it's subsiding, so it's not. It, it, I know it's going to be very difficult to visualize this, but it's not the easiest flat to walk about in. Everything is on an incline. Doors stick when you close them. Um, as I'm sat down watching TV, which isn't often, I'm aware that the sofa's at an angle. Sofa is a rather generous term for what I've been given to sit on here. But uh, yeah, it's not very comfortable. It's it's probably one of the reasons why I don't really sit in front of, front of my TV. Um, 
So everything's slanted. But I also know how to behave in flats. Flats are not houses, and often what you get is, you know, you get the uh, kids who've uh, grown up in houses, they get their first flats, and they think they can go around making as much noise as possible. And, uh, you know, the people upstairs, the way, uh, the, the, the way they close everything and pull drawers open and so on, they open everything and, and close everything as if it's three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm losing, with the exception of last night, this week, I think I've lost on average about an hour an hour and a half worth of sleep each night and it's it's telling you know it's telling i feel like i'm gonna snap the focus on the book is you know it's it's improved the last couple of weeks i know what i need to do but i'm not really getting my hands dirty with it i you know again this has been a long-standing issue for uh, for for a number of years now i've gone from uh, you know at my best to being able to write eight to twelve hours a day in, you know in a study to not being able to write at home at all so it's always you know a couple of hours at best in the cafe every day and uh, you just can't turn something around like that properly so uh I know what I need to do. I've I've sent out a few emails, and I'm not really. I don't think I'm going to be able to finish the book in the way that I planned. Uh, finish the editing. That is, I think I'm just going to have to stick a load of uh, sample pages together and start sending them off and see if I can get the money to try and finish this thing. Otherwise, I'm going to get sucked into this thing at the end of the month, and uh, I'm going to have less time than I already have, and I. I nothing much is going to happen pretty soon i i just want to get out of here basically I'm, I'm tired of the same thing every day and i'm tired you know i'm i'm tired of this situation i'm tired of putting so much effort in and, and and things not changing i think you heard this last week actually except this time there's no counselor at the other end uh let's quickly get on to some uh, job specs uh pete uh pete emailed in uh, a number of uh, dodgy job specs he's seen. Uh, received rejection email from major uh, major retailer entitled Regret Food uh, Comerical Manager as opposed to Commercial Manager. It was signed by a human resources administrator, says Pete. Obviously someone who knew their written communication to be below average and wanted to remain anonymous. I've been so enraged by some of the job specs I've seen this week that I've actually gone to the trouble of emailing the consultants uh, under under another email address, although I forgot with one particular consultant, uh, so it's not really worth my while applying for, for work through them anymore. Um, basically, asking for an explan uh, explanation as to how these job specs are making it onto, onto job sites and how is it that I am looking for work and whoever's doing their job specs is in work, you know, demanding an answer to that, which I think goes to show that I may have reached a point where I've I, I've sort of lost the plot and really have a bit too much time on my hands now. I, I should just focus on applying for a job. I, I I don't need to change the the world of job sites. You know, get my job and let these uh, poorly spelt job specs continue forever. Uh, more job specs uh, from Pete. I have no notes here. This is. Of the 51 shows to date, this is, I'm pretty confident this is going to be the worst. Um, 
Some of the ones I've come across uh, this week, says Pete, uh, I've included a translation in brackets to help your listeners. Must have a passion for moving business and strategies forward. Uh, in brackets, our strategy isn't working, so we need someone to blame when it all goes tits up. Uh, this is a tough role and needs someone who is confident in their own ability, can stand up to hard taskmasters and be able to manage stakeholders with diplomacy, uh, i.e. this boss is impossible and the last three job holders left under a cloud. You must be enthusiastic, have a constructive can-do approach and have a high work commitment. Pete says this means lots of unpaid overtime. Uh, the last one, you should be on the up career-wise and looking for the next step into a company that prides itself on the top quality of its employees, uh, i.e. you must be young, naive and believe all that bullshit. I saw one this week that uh, uh, said something like, uh, do you want to work uh, for a charismatic entrepreneurial founder of a uh, whatever top 20 company how much input does the founder this this charismatic chap have into that job spec does he know about this or is it one of his underlings coming up with this and then showing them to endear themselves to this charismatic founder I don't want to work for any company where the founder is regarded as charismatic I don't understand people if I don't think I could ever write a job spec I said earlier this week, uh, lettings agents, landlords, bankers, they're in the top tier of, uh, of wankers. But uh, people who write job specs, they're, you know, they're not far behind because the jargon used in job specs and the amount of duties that go into those job specs for, for, for often meagre salaries, I don't know you can do that. You go into a job almost daunted at what your tasks are likely to be and then you find they bear no resemblance that there's no big deal about the role that you're doing it's ridiculous email now from our uh, fire warden uh, two rivers billy two rivers nine uh, a peculiar email one i'm glad to have received but uh, quite uh, gruesome in parts uh, two rivers writes hi daniel i hope this email finds you well and tiptoeing gaily around the dog stalls of sw8's pavements a bit of a strange submission from me this week, and not one that I'm sure you'll deem suitable for inclusion, but with your well-documented and extensive knowledge of skin conditions, I didn't know where else to turn to for advice on a course of action that I have taken in the last week. I'll come straight out with it. In the five or six... <laughs> the five or six years... Last five or six years, I'm assuming he means, I've developed a skin tag. I'll pull no punches. It's brutally ugly. <laughs> Please form an orderly queue, ladies. The, uns <laughs> the unsightly chunk... Of flappy skin is located on the left side of my waist sitting just <laughs> just above my belt line in the same way that the shogun isn't afraid to talk about his mantids i'll admit that this unsightly disfigurement <laughs> disfigurement is not insignificant in its size and is pretty repugnant to look at it makes me think when uh, two rivers is doing uh doing his fire drills and he's leading everyone to to safety and timing how long it's taken everyone to get out the building he himself would know that he's doing this with this ugly skin tag all these girls who might see him as a hero in those moments were a potential hero and all these colleagues who are looking to him for leadership and seeing seeing someone grow into his role or at least we'd hoped until the last disastrous fire drill but two rivers within himself would know that under his shirt under his suit he has this thing just above his belt line it can't be easy um, Two Rivers continues, uh, at, or at least it was until earlier this week. I'd heard an associate at work asking about self-removal of these things. I was inspired by his words. 
had decided that I would have a crack at a bit of home surgery myself based on the rather crude methods he had mentioned. The process involved tying the length of fishing line to the base of the tag with the aim of cutting off the blood supply and effectively killing the thing off. After a bit of a struggle I managed to secure the fishing line in the required position and got the sticking plaster neatly in place over my handiwork. All that was left was to let Mother Nature take its course over the next few days. I conducted the unveiling of the operation on Monday night. As the plaster was pulled back, all I could see initially was a black, gunky mess. I was a little fearful as to what I may have done to myself, but as the picture became clearer, a sense of utter elation rode over me. The tank had made a really clean break from my body and was lodged in the confines of the plaster. No kidding, I seriously doubt a Harley Street surgeon could have made such a clean incision. Bit of a whistle there for uh, John C. to pick up there maybe uh can put that up next to my uh, brucey sound from a few shows back um here's the thing i don't know why two rivers did this yes uh it's successful uh, and i believe him and lots of people do it this way but this is something that you can just get removed as day surgery uh, cryotherapy uh is used to, to freeze skin uh, skin tags at the doctors or dermatologists um it's mostly uh done without actually using an anesthetic um i think it's just a, a swab uh, an iced swab and it's applied to the skin tag and it falls off after a few days um i think the most common techniques uh, uh they're, they're dipped in cryogen uh, which is extremely cold um that's applied to the skin tag and it'll fall off three or four days i know this because uh, a friend's dad he had the uh, uh, in both armpits, I think he had about 52 skin tags. I kid you not. And we'd go to the beach in Spain. And he didn't care. He didn't care who saw these skin tags. Every time he lifted his arms up, you'd just see this mass of skin tags. It was absolutely horrific. It can take a, a bit longer for the larger uh, skin tags to fall off. But I don't know. I don't know why anyone would have done this uh, home removal thing that uh, two rivers has done maybe this is what they do up north uh the next stage of the story is a bit more disturbing says our fire warden instead of just flushing the dead tag down the toilet i got an overwhelming urge to burn it i can only assume that this desire came about as a result of my deep-seated hatred of the thing i proceeded to take an incredibly irresponsible course of action for a fire warden i placed a dead mass in an ashtray and put a match to it not much to report really it burnt fairly quickly cracked Crackled in the same way that pork crackling does, and it also smelt a bit funny. It made me feel good, though. It was like I had totally eradicated this ugliness from my life forever. As I, as I mentioned, I'm absolutely des delighted with the result. Apologies for my reading today, but would value your expert opinion as to whether I have done the right thing. Warmest regards from the East Midlands, as always, Billy Two Rivers Nine. Uh, P.S. I realise that this won't work on a podcast, but in order to showcase what a good job I did, I've attached a photo of my tag-free waistline for your attention. Which I have now seen, which uh, I, I might post later on the blog. Um, what can I say? Well, I'm glad uh, I, I'm glad it's gone well for, for Two Rivers. Suddenly his involvement uh, over the last 15 to 20 shows takes on a, a different feel for me. Here was a man late at night, on his own perhaps, perhaps too afraid to undress in front of his woman. Um perhaps always looking to avoid a, a certain act that required a, a woman's hands to be placed above his belt line to be performed on him. It, it, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a brave man. All the while he's been contacting the show, he had this ugly skin tag. And he doesn't have it now. And 
I don't know. There's a different feel to this email. It's lighter in tone. He's not beating himself up as much. It's uh, we're glad to have a, a skin tag free to Rivers Nine on board, and uh, I hope that the rest of his life uh, is lived free from skin tags. And uh, if he does get another one, and he could well get another one, it may be something in the blood. Who knows? You know, some people are prone to it. That the next time he just goes to the doctors and gets it frozen off. Far, far simpler and uh, probably far safer. Uh, it's time for Song Overkill now. I haven't actually, believe it or not, listened to any music this week. I, I've just been uh, overdosing on Robert Elm's podcast, catching up with a load. I think I was about 50 shows behind so i have no song overkill to offer you i've genuinely not listened to anything this week uh the shogun uh gives us this uh, rather uh, cheesy offering this week though um i want to know what love is by foreigner i remember the 1984 power ballad as being at number one when my childhood fear of the video cover for the film the elephant man was at its peak as a child perusing the vhs cases i stumbled upon the gigantic head cloaked in hessian with the one sinister eyelid following me around the shop the potential horror of what lay behind the mask was so powerful that i had nightmares for months despite my father's assurances that he was in heaven now and had a beautiful face i needed to see that potential horror eventually i went to uxbridge library and found the book to the film forcing myself to look at the centre page pictures. He looked like a bad drawing of a man with bath sponges taped to his body. I rode my bike home a different boy. Foreigner provided the soundtrack to that period of my life. I loyally revisit the track often. That was a great film, wasn't it? The Elephant Man. I almost saw that in Spain, actually, as a nine-year-old. We were we were there that summer, uh, which I think was about a year after the film came out in the UK, and we were looking to... Uh, find a film to watch and I remember seeing it advertised there but uh, I certainly think at nine years old I would have been too young to watch that film let me just take a sip of tea too too early to have uh, popped out of the shops for a for a, a can of diet blue bolt uh, Pete this week my song overkill is Natalie Merchant's wonder from the album Tiger Lily in these value range times I'm increasingly uh, turn into 90s female singer-songwriters for my music. Much as I loved uh, 10,000 Maniacs, I found her early solo work particularly personal and moving. Her later albums became a bit self-indulgent and, to be honest, a bit depressing, but I would recommend Tiger Lily as an introduction to her work. I've listened to this. I was a, I was a bit surprised. I do know that, um, based on a, one or two friends who are very serious about their music, that it's usually an indication someone's really into their music if they're into Natalie. Uh, merchant um 10,000 maniacs i always get them confused i think with a with with a band from childhood uh, which i can't remember now there were a bunch of bands from the uh, sort of 80s like jethro tull and i can't remember the other ones but i always used to get them confused and i think i used to uh, bundle 10,000 maniacs into that um but yeah, I do know one or two Natalie Merchant fans, and they're very sort of passionate about her work. Uh, the boys from Bark, uh, Bark Pamphlet, have been in touch uh, with, I think, what could be their first song overkill offering. Uh, theirs uh, is a Morrissey B-side called Shame is the Name. It's on his compilation of B-sides and rarities called Sword. We're Morrissey fans here at Bark. He divides opinion, but in our view, the gold keeps coming. This song features Chrissy Hind on backing vocals and bounces along at a pleasing lick. Shame makes the world go around, goes the closing line. Mozart and Chrissy harmonising as only two strident vegans, vegans can. 
Uh, we've never bought into the miserable Morrissey view. He's made us laugh out loud with his lyrics again and again. Doubt whether we'll convert anybody. People would either love him or loathe him, but we'll take him even now with his barrel chest and questionable shirting. He's been in the news recently, hasn't he, Morrissey? Um, uh, going on about the uh, Falklands belonging to uh, uh, Argentina. Uh, I won't get involved in that one. I, I do have my own uh, view on that. I do remember, though, as a kid, it's coming up to 30 years now since the uh, Falklands uh, invasion. And I remember I was at home that week because uh, I'd fallen ill and I was taken to the doctor. My doctor, usual doctor, wasn't around and his backup doctor wasn't around. And I was taken to see uh, a, this Chinese doctor. He gave me this disgusting medicine, the most disgusting medicine I've ever had. And my dad, it may have been that he was unemployed that week. It's, uh, it's, it's hard to tell. Uh, really, given the uh, periods he was often at home. Um, and every time he tried to give me this medicine, it was a battle. And, uh, yeah, I remember this period very well, though, because um, I got into Kinder Eggs around that time, but also my dad, uh, seeing what happened to the Argentinian players at Spurs, uh, became convinced, because Ardiles, he was loaned out, I think, to PSG. Villa stayed behind. He got booed mercilessly by the fans. He didn't make the cup final team against QPR that year. And my dad became convinced that as Spaniards, as, as you know, Latinos, that we would be forced to leave the country as well. And uh, there was a, a build-up of a couple of weeks as to see who America would side with. And I think America and Britain didn't have the relationship that they enjoy now. Uh, Reagan had just come into power. Thatcher had been in power for two or three years. And there were still tensions, though, into uh, the way Britain didn't get involved in Vietnam, I think, in the late 60s. So no one quite knew until one particular Friday night. I remember seeing the news and America had sided with uh, Britain. And, you know, uh, it, was a, it was a tense time in the household, a, a, a very tense time. Also, on that note, um, my doctor, not my regular doctor, but I used to see another doctor as well when my doctor wasn't around, and I used to see him probably for about seven or eight years, and I remember him because he disappeared in 87. He went to Kenya. He had a Kenyan girlfriend, and he disappeared. Wasn't Nothing was heard for years until in the mid-90s it was discovered that he had been kidnapped and uh, and killed. That troubled me as a, as a child. That really, that really bothered me. One of them kind of things that you can't forget. Uh, Morrissey, yes, Morrissey. Um... Uh, the lovely uh, William Stafford, uh, copyright Mickey Boyd. My song overplayed this week is Gay Pirates by Cosmo Jarvis, a ballad of homophobia on the seven seas. I've always had a thing for pirates. You can probably guess. <laughs> always catches me out. You can probably guess what that thing is. I have watched uh, this video. It's uh, Are they a proper band? It almost comes across as a musical. Um, on another note, William is now an author. William has his first book out. That is the good news I wasn't permitted to uh, tell you listeners every week. Um, it's called Leporello on the Lamb. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. It's uh, available on Omnilit.com. That's O-M for Mother, N for November, I-L-I-T for Tommy. .com, published by Andrews UK. Leporello on the Lamb tells of the further adventures of characters from Mozart and Ponte's famous comic opera Don Giovanni. Hapless manservant Leporello seeks a new master, but still traumatised by events, finds himself on the run from the law and falling in love. Can Leporello make peace with those Don Giovanni wronged? 
clear his own name and start a new life for himself. This fast-moving and funny story is brimming with adventure and innuendo and is an entertaining read for opera fans and non-opera fans alike. I'm waiting for Mickey to uh, review the book. He does love getting his teeth into a good book, does Mickey? That's uh, Leporello on the Lamb, published by Andrews UK, uh, the lovely William Stafford's uh, first book. And uh, my understanding is that uh, books two and even three aren't uh, too far away. The man is prolific. Here's me spending the last six months talking about my book, and I've done nothing. Uh, time for some uh, emails now. Uh, Monica in LA. Uh, good show. Loved your special guest last week. Mickey is always funny. Glad he's back. Where has he been? Uh, interesting insight into surviving a midlife crisis and coming coming back different. I think that's a reference to uh, the interview with Clay Lowe a couple of weeks back. Uh, uh, your guest had many valid points as I am now different compared to... Uh, uh, before, the hardest thing for me was saying goodbye to the scared little girl so that I could embrace the woman I am today. Um, finishes off by saying the Shogun, let's see if I can pronounce this correctly, the Shogun is a Prosti Birugolfo, which I believe is a ladies' man. Enough said, says Monica. He has, uh, the Shogun has irked uh, a few female listeners. I feel partly responsible for that by uh, almost, you know, talking his achievements up. I, I, I would accept my role in that. Uh, email from the guys at Bark. Hello, Daniel. Quite a show last week. Pleasing to hear the boy Boyd's accent. A proper meat and taters London voice, free from all patois and affectation. He strikes us as a fella who'll call a nonce a nonce without a flicker. If he's on again, please ask him to say, there he is, Dickie effing bird with his finger in the air. We agree with your sugar voice confidant of last week. Keep the creative fires burning. We remain your pals at Bark. Yeah, uh, I, unfortunately, I, I there is uh, s so many of these creative endeavours have to be uh, scaled back. I've uh, I've uh, enjoyed doing it, but certainly uh, it's uh, gonna have to go on the back burner for uh, for for a good while. Uh, the Shogun. The Shogun is back, as he always is, on a Thursday. Uh, Daniel, I genuinely hope this email finds you well. Last week's podcast assured me that I am not alone in thinking the path to your happiness lies in continuing to build on things you like and are good at rather than finding some soul-destroying 9-to-5, which, by your own admission, will do nothing more than pay the bills and maybe not even pay that well. Having said this, I can understand how a basics range diet can keep a man down. Sometimes we just need the bounce, uh, the bunts over everything else. Despite my forays into the feminine, all is not perfect in the Orient either. We all have our own problems. Mine being stuck in a job that has zero camaraderie and a rather lonely solitary existence that is broken up by shag dates. I am also prone to mood swings and wish dearly to be less of a hothouse flower in that regard. I can see with hindsight that cynicism for my tales is well deserved, but I'm not a braggart. I think this might be a reference to uh, he's been taking some stick on Twitter off Mrs. Uh, Boydie. Uh, I am not a braggart because I genuinely think that with a plane ticket and a bit of front, most chaps would even do better than I am. Moreover, and contrary to what I may have projected to your listeners prior, I love that sentence, I'm going to read that again. Moreover, and contrary to what I may have projected to your listeners prior, anything with the line moreover, I think we should actually, every email that you send next week, our last show, every email, include a moreover in there. I love reading anything with moreover. Um, I would like nothing more than to find a long-term partner and settle down again. You see, my marriage ended a year ago, and I've been catching up on lost time. So this whole thing, while it has been fun, is getting tiring. The keeping track, the emails, the calls, the dinners, I would so much rather have one lady who I could stand for more than five minutes post-shag to be with. What's wrong with me? See, 
that fills in a big gap on the Shogun because what I would say is uh, I don't believe the Shogun, well he might be a braggart but uh, I don't believe uh, these are tall tales because they're too specific and as a man who was once where he is but uh, you know much earlier in my life and probably still later than it should have been uh, I know that the things he says, sorry about that if you've just heard that, I was switching the printer off. The things that he's saying are too specific. They're not really things that I think you're going to find online. They're things that you experience. So, uh, I, I, you know, I'm pretty certain that uh, these are no tall tales. But, you know, he's 35. I think it's a little too late in life to be, you know, doing this. But I understand now why he's doing it. The marriage is uh, broken up. Um, you know, when you break up, it's extraordinary the things you have to do, the lengths you go to, the things you find yourself doing to forget that person. Of course, I mean, the only thing that works is time. The only thing that's going to make you pop them away and in that, you know, consign them to, to your history is time. That's the only thing that's going to work, if at all. Meantime, your actions, all they're doing really is exposing you to the risk of infection. Um, what I what I would disagree with, and it's something so many people say, is uh, this line: "You see, my marriage ended a year ago, and I've been catching up on lost time." That that implies that he got into his marriage, still not having scratched all his itches. And, and I do think I, I I I it really does irritate me. And I've been on the wrong end of these kind of breakups where where people say to you, "There's still so much I want to do." Look. Is the, are your reasons for breaking up really that? Can you break up with someone just because you don't want to be with them? Can you break up with someone without that being a factor that there is still so much you want to do? Just break up with them because you're not happy. That's it. But you don't have to go sort of rushing headlong chasing everything you thought you should have done as a younger person. There was... For as much, you know, regardless of all the things that we we manage to do in our life and get done in our lives, there's still going to be a lot of things that we don't get done. And you know, sometimes you just got to put the brakes on and make sure that the things you don't feel that you have done aren't just the sort of shallow physical things where the pleasure lasts about five minutes. If you're heating, if the heating in your flat is any good, that is. So. It kind of it fills in a gap. It's it's starting to make sense now as to what's going on here with the Shogun. Um, I don't believe that you can behave like this if you're a happy person. I, I'm sure the Shogun takes uh, takes many lonely trips back home post Shag. You know, partly thinking, you know, yeah, I've, I've, I've ticked that box, and partly thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing? Where is this going? How many more times do I have to go to the clinic and get myself checked out? Uh, that said, we have a portfolio update. Um, remember last week, uh, the Shogun introduced us to his portfolio. Uh, the Richard C, the Leggy Executive, Cameroonian, and so forth. Well, we've got an update here. Let's let's get into it. Uh, the Rich C, the deal has been closed and visitation rights established. That's pretty clear. Cut the Leggy Executive. I think this was the most difficult one wasn't it I think uh, Mickey said last week that this is the one that he would go for this is the one he would target uh, the Shogun writes I cancelled the dinner but we chatted last night and something might be on next Monday night she seems overly fond of cats though cats what can I say about cats that I haven't already said if she's got a cat 
I wouldn't go anywhere near her. Dog, bad enough. Cat, no, not interested. Cameroonian, we talked the other day and she wants me to have her around so I can sort out her iPod. A weak excuse, I suspect she either wants sex or Skype credits. The Chinese woman, we had a coffee but her accent was so indecipherable I made an excuse and left early. She also had a tiny round growth on her lip. In fact, I'd rather go with uh, go for the executive with a cat than anyone with a with a, with a growth on the lip. I mean, you're going to have to position your mouth in a particular at a particular angle, really, if you're going to avoid kissing that growth on the lip. If you set up a life with this woman, the chances are, twenty percent of the time that you kiss her, you're going to be hitting that growth. Is that what you want? Uh, the potential long-term, and we are spending the day together on Sunday. I haven't made a move on her, and I don't want to yet, as I think I might like to see about, uh, about this. Plus, I don't have to fret too much about wearing the tighter-fitting tops, as she's already neutralised the uh, move variable. I think this is the uh, woman who's been making light of the uh, Shogun's uh, mantids. Um, I don't know if uh, the Shogun is, uh, is ready to, to hook up with someone. You know, I, I, I've seen what happened to my life after my last uh, breakup, uh, and arguably, I should have spent longer on my own before actually getting together with that person. It's, uh, I think, after a, a, a relationship, after being with someone that you really uh, were into, you probably need about two years, to be honest, to get your head together. That's, I think, that's what I'm learning. You need uh, two years to to just absorb everything and then, you know, move on and learn from it and uh, what I see with the Shogun and I think he's been honest here uh, honest about other areas of his life is that uh, this is this is a lonely guy in a far-off country and he's he's taking what's there for him but I, I don't think it is making him happy uh, he concludes and in response to some of the Twitter talk I always use protection and have the utmost respect for my partners my whistle is as clean as a whistle do amigo in Japón Paul Gaffey I think Mickey, words reaching me that Mickey's looking at uh, flights to Japan. So I think uh, the Shogun has really sold uh, the Far East to our uh, southeast London Kent borders uh, muscular friend. That's me uh, done for this week. Please, uh, well, there's no real point anymore. <laughs> Don't worry about supporting the show or reviewing it on iTunes. It doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. Um, you can also listen on Jellycast, Stitcher Radio and Mixcloud as well as uh, iTunes. You've got the uh, Facebook group uh, if you want to be a part of that. Uh, just uh, add yourself to the Daniel Ruiz Tyson uh, podcast uh, group. Email me, drt at westegg1607.co.uk. You can follow me on Twitter at 1607westegg. You've got the blog 1607westegg.wordpress.com. I'll see if I can get uh, Two Rivers uh, a skin tag free waistline picture up on the blog. I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson. Good hair is never enough. It never was. Come back and uh, say goodbye next week. We're almost done. Next week, people. Next week. <laughs>